The following is a disclaimer about this episode. In this episode, we will talk about the recent controversy regarding Nets star Kyrie Irving. The views in this episode are completely independent to me and in no way reflect the view of Spirit Live and TMU. As well, this podcast and me as a person absolutely do not condone anti-Semitism in any way, shape, or form. High Flyers' goal is to spread the love of basketball, regardless of race, gender, religion, or any other factors, and we look to stand against hate. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's version of High Flyers, where we talk about the players who don't get talked about. I'm your host, Kianangi, and let's get started. So, it's week five, I think. Wow. You have a lot of episodes now. So it's week five. I had a podcast last year, but I only submitted five episodes the entire time. Um, actually, you know what? It was really just four episodes. So I already surpassed that. So let's get started on this episode right here, right now. And this is going to be, it's going to take us to week three of the NBA season. So now we're all caught up. Um, and so... Let's start off with the Western and Eastern Conference High Flyers of the Week Award. And so, in the Western Conference, the winner is... Devin Vassell. Um, I thought that he'd have a good season, and he's having a good season so far. He had a minor injury, but he's back in the two games he played. He played amazing, dropping, I think, averaging 25 in those two games combined. Um, shooting well, playing well for the Spurs, good defense too. So he is this week's Western Conference Player of the Week. And in the East, we have Brooke Lopez. And he's having a great season with Milwaukee. They still haven't lost a single game. They're 9-0, and and he is a huge part of that, playing that center position, um, really carrying them in the front court. And he's playing well on offense too. He's shooting well he's like blocking well he's doing everything pretty well he's you know what to me he kind of is a little bit reminiscent of all-star Brooke Lopez I don't know if I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself if if when I'm saying that but I think he's looking really good this year um he was injured a lot of last year a lot of people had questions but I thought that he'd be a big part of the Bucks, and he is a big part of the Bucks this year let me check his stats. So yeah, he's doing great this season. 15.6 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 blocks a game. Playing great. Um, and so, Brooke Lopez and Devin Vassell are your players of the week this week. So, what's the agenda for today? I usually do that before I get started, but I guess I was just too hyped about talking about the players of the week. So... Let's get to the agenda now. So I'm going to be doing a lot more NBA news. 
and then, like always, you have a little bit of a game. Usually I have a little listicle or a list. I don't know why I said listicle. There's no article part of it. Um, and so this list this week will be about, I ranked the top 50 point guards in the NBA coming into this season. So no rookies. And I want to share that with you guys. And I'll kind of have a little bit of an explanation why. So we'll get into that. We'll get a little bit into some NBA news, which I'll do right now. And then that'll be it for this podcast. Sounds pretty good, eh? So let's first off, let's start off with some NBA news. Wow, my voice got really high there for a second. Just excited, you know? And you know what? Let's start off with the Bucks. They're 9-0 and this year. Haven't lost a single game. And they don't even have their second best player. That is insane. And I'm saying it this year. This year is the year where Drew Holiday will be an all-star. Right? Super deserving of that. Should have been an all-star a couple years ago. Um, and him and Giannis are playing great. Giannis is front runner for MVP right now. Um, looking Looking so good. Um, even, even like low key, I think that Giannis could have pulled MVP one of the last two years. I think that they just didn't want to give it to him three times straight. Cause that would be, or not three times straight. Was it three times straight? Yeah, it might've been three times straight. They didn't want to give it to him three times straight because only the greatest players get that kind of recognition. But I think that Giannis is front runner for MVP right now. He's playing amazing, amazing offense, amazing defense, super efficient as usual. Usually under the radar, his offense like he he's an amazing player, and the Bucks are just doing so well. Um, even Mike Budenholzer, not a huge fan of him as a coach, but his rotations this year are actually really well well thought of, right? Um, playing Bobby Portis with. With Brooke Lopez a lot of the time. Didn't think that would work super well. It has worked with Giannis too. Um, Giannis kind of taking that passing role. Besides Drew Holiday. And they don't even have Middleton right now. Middleton's coming back soon. So I've talked to some people. Some people have said Middleton will make them a little bit marginally worse. I think Middleton will make them even better. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that. Like a 2 and 0 record of course. But I think Middleton's a, a great player. And he provides a lot of shooting to the Bucks, but Bucks are doing just fine without him. So I don't know. What I do know is that the Bucks are doing great, and I think that they're going to continue to be great. I think they have the chance to be competitors. I think they have a chance to be the champions of the NBA this season. They got a great team, and yeah, I'm excited to see where where that will happen if Giannis will get his second ring. Another piece of NBA news is the Nets and everything to do with the Nets is just oh man it's just I don't even know the word I'm looking for upsetting is that the word I think the Nets are done like absolutely obliterated I think that there's nothing Jotsai or anyone could do to save the Nets um Steve Kerr said that Steve Nash was a scapegoat in the situation kind of agree I think they have deep-rooted problems with the organization 
but I do believe that Steve Nash also played a role in that. Um, he was a pretty bad coach. I said it. I said they should have fired him last season. Um, they even should have fired him this off season. You, he he got swept in the first round, right? With with players like Kevin with with Kevin Durant on his team, he got swept in the first round. Okay, like not a single win. Um, amazing player, without a doubt. Steve Nash is an amazing player. Um, but as a coach, nah. Um, but they do have more problems. Like I said, they have more problems. They have. Um, oh man, I can't, look, I'm, I can't even, like, I don't even know where to start with all our problems, like, even just thinking of hiring Ime Odoka after Steve Nash, like, come on, that's, that's insane, he's a great coach and everything, but all that bad publicity alongside with him, like, new stories are coming out every week of what he's done, right, like, what he did to be able to, like, send them certain images, just came out, like, last week, and, like, I, I think there's even more that's going to come out. So why would they even want to wrap themselves with all that controversy on top of controversy? Like, no doubt he's a great coach. He, he coached, um, he was assistant coach for the Nets. He has a relationship with Kyrie and KD. Um, he he coached the 76ers, I believe, a couple years ago, assistant coach. So he, he has a relationship with Ben Simmons too. He has all that fits, but just all that bad publicity all that controversy around him I don't think that's good for the Nets and then you have Kyrie with his shenanigans once again I'm gonna call it that um where he was accused of having and I'm gonna tread lightly on this issue he's accused of he he was accused of anti like supporting an anti-semitic video or uh, or a movie which had some anti-Semitic values to it. Um, my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, does not reflect anything to do with this or um, the organization which I'm recording with. Is that I think it's a little bit harsh what they're doing to Kyrie Irving. I think that um, there's a lot bigger issues in that Joe Tsai, the general manager uh, or the owner of the Nets, he. He's kind of gone really hard on Kyrie on this. Told him like he has to complete a bunch of things before. He has to donate a lot of money. Has to take all these classes. Has to have meetings with all these people. And I think that he isn't really in a place to say these kind of things. Because his role in the Uyghur Muslim. What's happening in China. And how he's actually helped them. Um, But I'm not going to get super into that. I don't want to be too political. Um, but Kyrie, I feel like he, he had a little bit of wrong, but he's also a good person. I, I think that Kyrie has good intentions. I think that that video was a big mistake. And I think that everything going on with them is kind of using him as scapegoat. Um, not even as scapegoat. I don't know. It's, I don't want to speak too much on it, but I think that they are doing Kyrie a little bit wrong. I think he apologized. Um, he understood and what they're doing is they're trying to change make him change the narrative of something that he doesn't see right so of course he's going to be inauthentic if you're kind of forcing it up forcing him to kind of see this other side like he's admitted what he did was like um he's admitted his fault but he hasn't totally taken back and i think that that's okay right because it's free speech you should be able to say what you want and what i've heard from that video is although there were some um, parts that were just wrong and misinformed 
the part where Kyrie was really touching upon had a lot to do with uh, a position that was familiar to him that had almost nothing to do with um, anything anti like anything to do with anti-Semitism or anything. Um, the the movie itself had those things, and I think that Kyrie should have maybe better educated himself, but. I think the message that he was trying to get through was not hate. I think that Kyrie stands for peace. Um, he's done a lot to help others. And I think that what the NBA is really doing to him is, I don't know, I find it kind of wrong. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have to say on this issue. I don't want to get into it too, too much. I just, like, I've been hearing reports, NBA GM say that Kyrie may never play a game again like he's such a great player such a skilled player one of the most skilled players of all time in my opinion and the Nets gave him like six items he has to to complete to return to the team I feel like that's almost like an ultimatum um and you don't just give that to your player like that like you have to condemn the movie um and apologize like I get that he apologized for for how he saw his wrong but to condemn something like that I feel like it's very just very forceful they're kind of taking away his freedom to kind of speak freely. And I think that I watched a video on Sh- um, Shaq and Chuck were talking about. It. They were like, Kyrie's so wrong, like terrible. They should suspend him for like all this time. Adam Silver should suspend him. And I just think that it's totally blown out of proportion. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but I think they're treating him like a kid. And Kyrie's a good guy from at least what I know. He's done a lot, um, and a lot of what Kyrie does really flies under the radar because he doesn't, he's not like a lot of these people who seek that publicity, right? He's like, he made clean water in a Pakistani village, I've heard, donated like that 100,000 burgers to, or like more than 100,000 burgers to the NYC Food Bank. Um, he paid money to WNBA players out of their contracts. Like, I think he's done a lot, and He's donated so much food and resources to people during the pandemic. Um, and I just think that, I don't know, what they're doing to Kyrie, I kind of feel bad. Because really, I grew up watching Kyrie Irving. Um, even though he's not my favorite player, I will respect him. And I just feel like the NBA is handling this the wrong way. And I just said that I was going to not talk about it if I just talked all about it. So now that's out of the way. And once again, these are my personal feelings. They don't reflect the network or anything. And so that's just one of the Nets' hundred problems. Then you throw in, you throw in uh, Ben Simmons playing like a absolute scrub, playing terribly. He doesn't even belong on the bench the way he's playing. And I think it's just a matter of time before Katie's like goes back to. Saying, nope, I'm out of here. Right? Um, and then, yeah, I think Katie's gone. So th- th- that's essentially what I'm saying. He's going to request a trade. Nets are going to fall apart. And I'm, I'm going to laugh because the Nets trade Royce O'Neal for an unprotected first-round pick to the Utah Jazz. So if the Nets really suck and they get even worse, that pick's going to the Jazz. So... Smart trade by the Jazz. I don't know why you'd ever do Royce O'Neal for a first-round pick, but, I mean, that's the Nets for you. Um, always making dumb trades. It's <laughs> a reference to the Garnett one. Um, and, yeah, that's all I have about the Nets. Uh, poverty franchise. <laughs> uh, 
And then I, and then, of course, Harden got injured. That was a pretty big deal. He's a, uh, he's out a month with a foot tendon strain. I don't think this is. I mean, of course, it's not the best thing, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, and this is due to the fact that Maxi will be there to kind of take over that load. And as long as Embiid stays healthy with Maxi, I think they can do really well together. Um, I think that the defense of the 76ers will even be better. Um, the ball movement will be better. Remember, they still have Tobias Harris, who's still like a, a pretty solid player. He's going to hit those shots. He can pick up sort of that pace in the game. Um, the Sixers still have a good team, even without James Harden. I feel like the ball be passed a lot more. Um with a lot less players handling it, I think Tyrese Maxey will take even a, a bigger jump forward, and I'm excited to I'm excited to see the 76ers without Harden. I hope I'm right. Well, we'll check in a couple weeks, see how I'm doing based on my prediction. And then I wanted to just talk a little bit about OG Anunoby and what he's been doing. Um, OG is going totally under the radar uh, on a Raptors team, which is like playing full big man lineups OG's there he's hitting threes for over 40 percent um great three-point shooting his defense has been absolutely amazing you his lateral um quickness and like you bounce the ball he'll tap it away from you the the opposing team has to watch how they bounce the ball that's how good his defensive skill is OG steal OG steals are just crazy um and I think in like what was it he he got I think 16 steals in three different games, and that was that was insane. And he's just averaging over three right now, I believe. Um, and I see that kind of continuing. If that does continue, defensive player of the year, maybe OG. Like my defensive player of the year, extremely early rank early. Like right now, I see OG's playing amazing defense and Evan Mobley. Like I'm huge on Evan Mobley's defense. Um, and if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win defensive player of the year this year. I'm sure that he will win in the future. I guarantee it. I guarantee Evan Mobley will win at least one defensive player of the year. And then, what else do I have about OG? That's about it. And finally, I'd like to talk about the Warriors. The bum Warriors who keep on losing all their games. Um, why? I don't know. Bad defense, I think, is really there. Their, their defense just been absolutely horrendous. Um, their offense has been, hasn't been that great either. I mean, they kind of strayed away from the style they were playing last year. They got a lot, a lot of their role players left the team. You got Damian Lee leaving the team. You got Otto Porter Jr. Um, you got Gary Payne the second. You got all these players who you're like, wow, they're expendable. But then you, and Bialika. Then you look at the team this year and you realize that Juan Toscano, you realize that these players aren't that extend, expendable, you know? They actually did play a role in this team and it kind of creates a hole with the Warriors. Like, they lost their last five games, I think. They're 0-5 on, like, this road trip they had. And I don't know. What will it take to make them better? Curry, Curry's playing great, in my opinion. He's playing better than ever. Um... Draymond, like every, all the big players are doing well. I think Jordan Poole needs to take a little bit of a step forward. He's been kind of slow this, he's had a slow start to the season. 
Um, I think they got to play Kaminga more. They're playing him like nothing. Um, I thought he'd take a huge leap this year. He's a great player. But I guess the Warrior coaching staff don't see that. Like, Steve Kerr, um, in my opinion of him, he's a good emotional coach, I guess. That's the word for it. Like, he's good with players and stuff. But from a basketball perspective, I don't love him. I think he's okay. I think that the Warriors really control the team. Um, I just think that a lot of the Warriors players like and respect Steve Kerr, which is why he's still there. Um, I wouldn't call him the best coach in the NBA, though. Um, so when stuff gets really bad, they don't really have good coaching to fall upon. And then we have the biggest problem of all, I think, is James Wiseman. Like, Warriors fans are comparing him to... What's his name again? Evan Mobley. Like, saying he's a better version of Evan Mobley? Hell no. Nah. He's he, This guy is so bad. James Wiseman's a terrible player. I don't know why I've had him on my high flyers, but I'm like, man, I wish I didn't. He's so bad. Like, I've been watching him. He, he lets, like, everyone score on him, and on offense, he's non-existent. Like, they gotta stop playing James Wiseman. Like, the Warriors aren't that type of team. They don't need him, right? And, like, we know he's a, the second overall pick, but... They don't need him. They just just don't play him. You'll trust me. If the the less the Warriors play James Wiseman, the better they will play as a team. And and yeah, that's that's all I. He just adds so much. Like the bench for the Warriors is so bad, and then he just makes it like even worse, right? So that's just my opinion on the Warriors. I think they'll turn it around. I, I see. I see them going to the finals. Um, hopefully, that's not too big of a thing to say. But I see them finals bound this year. So let's see. I see. I see that Bucks Warriors finals. You know what I'm saying? And that's all the news I have for this week. I think I did. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job at covering that news. Spent a little bit too much time on Kyrie, probably, but that's okay. Now for our kind of fun list-like game, where I'm gonna rank the top 50 point guards in the NBA in just a couple seconds, giving a like kind of a quick kind of synopsis on why I think they are where they are. And let's do it. So let's start off with number 50. Number 50 goes to Corey Joseph. Why is he number 50? Because well, he's the best of the worst, I guess. Um, number 49, Markel Fultz. I think he had a lot of potential, but with all the injuries that he sustained and everything, I think that he's gone a big drop on this list. Number 48 is Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, um, had some decent seasons with the Hornets before he went to the Pelicans and was not very good. So he's over there. Kemba Walker is number 47. Kemba same kind of story except he was an all-star um on the hornets and the celtics and then his gradual fall off started um and just a just a little thing might i add is that i always thought that kemba walker was not a good player um not a big fan of kemba walker number 46 tj mcconnell not a bad player by any means um but not a great player either he's good at stealing he's good at passing so at least he's on this list. Like, there are players that didn't even make this list. Like, relatively speaking, this is 50 of almost the best players in the world. Like, best point guards in the world. Um, or 
it, they're 50 in the NBA, and the NBA is the biggest showcase in the world. So number 45, I have Trey Mann. Um, he's a rookie last year, so I see him getting better. I think 45 is a good place for him going on, playing on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number 44 is Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly um, on the Knicks. I think that he's going to have better seasons in the future, but nah, I, I think that 44 is a good place for him. Gabe Vincent, great three-point shooter. I believe he's either picked in the second round or undrafted, so he's a great find for the Miami Heat. I have a number 43. Um, number 42, Goran Dragic, one of my least favorite players in the NBA. However, he still is, I'm going to say, okay at basketball. He was decent in the past, but I feel like 42 is a good place for him right now. Um, and then we have number 41, Jose Alvarado, a player who I really like. I think that he's going to get an even bigger role with the Pelicans moving forward. I think they can bench Devontae and keep him. I didn't have him too high because I still think he needs a lot more to prove. Number 40 is Kobe White. Um, another decent player. Like These players are a little bit... like Starting with Jose Alvarado, I think they're better than the players and I said previously to him. They're kind of a different, um, they're a different tier. So then we have Kobe White, we have Dennis Schroeder, um, we have Bones Highland at number thirty-eight. Um, I think that he was good with the Nuggets. I think he's going to be even better this year. He's part of our draft. He's part of our High Flyers draft class. Number thirty-seven is Cameron Payne, a player who was like out of the league, and then all of a sudden he came back and like. He, had a, he has a very weird story of how he kind of came back into the league. Never would have saw him coming back. Um, number 36 is Jalen Suggs. Um, I'm saying this also due to the fact that the potential that Jalen Suggs has. Um, number 35, Ricky Rubio. Um, had a really good season with the Cavs last year before I believe he tore his ACL or something and his season got cut short. Number 34 is Davion Mitchell, who had a great season with the Kings last year. Remember... This isn't counting this year, so how bad the Kings are this year and their whole organization is and giving him no playtime, even though he's a lottery pick. Um, that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and then number 33, I have Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose still has a lot to offer um, teams. He's a Just his IQ and his veteran presence is really seen. Number 32, I have Kevin Porter Jr., who, although he's very inconsistent, he is, without a doubt, a great basketball player. Number 31, I have Patrick Beverly, who had a great season with the Minnesota Timberwolves last year. Um, kind of showed that defensive strength that, and, and offense. He was good at offense, too. And, like, he's always alluding to it, always barking and stuff. But, he, like, he never really showed it. But I think he showed it pretty well last season, which is why he's pretty high on the list. And then we're going to go into like a kind of a new tier at number 30. We're going to get Cole Anthony at 30. Great season last year. 29 is Tyus Jones. Amazing passer. He has a very good um, pass to assist. I mean, no, sorry. Assist to turnover ratio. Um, makes a lot of passes with the limited turnovers. Then we have Reggie Jackson at 28. Um, good player for the Clippers last season. Monte Morris at 27. Very alike to Tyus Jones. Um, very efficient player, very high assist to turnover ratio. Um, and then we got 26, John Wall. I, he didn't play a game last season, but I still think that because of his all-star and defensive past, he belongs around here on this list. 
Number 25, I have Mike Conley. He was an all-star, but I felt like they kind of just gave him that all-star spot. He's still a good player, though, and I'm sure that he can provide that veteran presence for a team after um, Utah inevitably trades him. Number 24, we have Malcolm Brogdon, who's quite injury-prone. However, um, he's a good player to have. He's playing off the bench for the Celtics right now. I think that was a good move of them. Um, number 23, um, Russ fans are going to get mad, but I have Westbrook here. Um, I think that he provides more than the players before him, but I don't think he can provide as much as the players ahead of him. Um, number 22, I have Lonzo Ball. Um, Lonzo Ball is a, like really improved. Um, it's really sad what happened to him this season. Don't know if he'll play this season. Hopefully he does. Um, but I think that him like his play last season was like really great he kind of took those first that he showed like what he truly was like the player that he was truly built up to be when being drafted um number 21 i have kyle lowry who had a a poor season last year a lot of personal issues um but i still think that he's a great three-point shooter a great he's great with ball movement and he's going to be a real asset to the miami heat this season number 20 is d'angelo russell i had him on here higher than Kyle Lowry because he's a little bit younger um same kind of story he's good at passing I think that he'll play a big role with the Minnesota Timberwolves I don't really like D'Angelo Russell if I'm being honest which is why he's a lot lower than some might think for someone who averaged 19 20 points per game number 19 I have Jalen Brunson and this was just off his play with the Dallas Mavericks last year I think that he's going to be even better with the Knicks this year um I think that he's great at getting to the basket. I really wanted the Raptors, my favorite team, to get him. Um, he's great at driving to the basket. He's very strong, has that kind of bull mentality. Um, and then we have number 18 on my list is Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year last season. Don't know if it was totally deserved. Um, but he will, I don't even think he's the best defender on the Celtics if I'm being honest last season I think Robert Williams was better but there's no doubt that he's a great defender and he's been for many years which is why he's number 18 on my list um number 17 is Tyrese Halliburton who had a great great season last year um especially with the Indiana Pacers after the dumb Sacramento Kings decided to trade him for Sabonis what a garbage franchise and then number 16 I have Tyrese Maxey um Tyrese Maxey another great player came from Kentucky um great on the 76ers really took a leap in terms of all three levels of scoring number 15 I have De'Aaron Fox he probably would be higher besides how bad the Kings are um and how inefficient he was last season this season he's looking nice though I have to say um might be because of Mike Brown and number 14 I have LaMelo Ball a lot of people had him higher on their list when I checked other people's list. I don't know why. I think that he's pretty good but still has a lot to prove. I think that he's still a little bit inefficient. Some of his shots are stupid. Um, and he does play for the Hornets after all, which are a pretty bad team. Um, number 13, I have Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray, personal favorite player of mine, didn't play last season. But I think give him a little bit of time to adjust and he'll be putting up big stats he's gonna be putting up big stats never forget about bubble murray um number 12 i have fred van vliet great passer great shooter great leader 
clutch player for the Raptors. However, um, has trouble getting into the paint at times. Put him at number 12. Number 11 is Shea Gildas-Alexander. Um, I think that he'll be higher this season. I think Shea's a great player. Um, super underrated. Um, in my opinion, he's one of the best point guards in in the league. I think that he just needs time to prove himself. Even with the... Even playing on the... Even playing on the Oklahoma City Thunder, I can see him... I can really see him getting... Even if he didn't play on the Thunder, he'd be an amazing player. That's all I gotta say. Number 10, Darius Garland. All-star, great passer, great shooter, um, great player overall. Number 9, Chris Paul. Had to put him in there even though I hate his guts. He still is a decent player. Top 10 point guard for sure with the Phoenix Suns. Number 8, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is also a great player, great defender. I'd say he's almost the backbone of the Milwaukee Bucks. Actually, Giannis is, but he's a great helper at the Bucks. Number seven, James Harden. You might say it's kind of low, um, but in my opinion, he's a little too inefficient for me. Um, then we got number six. We got Kyrie Irving, great player again. Um, this is where I'm getting into my top top point guards. He missed a lot of games last season, but just skill wise. I think that he's better than all the players I mentioned. Number five is John Morant. Um, I think that he's going to take an even bigger leap forward. Had an amazing MVP-like season last year. Number four is Damian Lillard. Um, Great player. Didn't play a lot last season, but I still think that he's top four point guards in the league. Number three is Trey Young, who I think is marginally better than Damian Lillard just because of his insane stats last year with the points and the assists. Number two, I have Luka Doncic, who is my face of the future NBA league. Amazing player. Look how he's playing this year, putting up 2K stats. And then number one is Steph Curry. I think that Steph Curry is still number one because he's just the best. I think he's also, when he retires, he's going to be the best point guard of all time over Magic Johnson. Yep, I said that. So those are the 50 top point guards in the NBA. And I did it just in the nick of time. I kind of hurried up a little bit at the end. But that's just because we ain't got enough time for that. So that's all I have for you guys this week. Um, I hope to see you guys next week. I'm going to be doing shooting guards. And we're going to be doing NBA news. And we're going to be doing the Western Conference and Eastern Conference High Flyers Player of the Week. Okay? See you guys next week. Cheers, good night, good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Whatever time it is, whenever you're listening to this, good that. <laughs>